Okay, hello! Uh, I'm CBW. Greetings. And this is. Earthlings? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, this is Titan Earth. I think I can get away with saying that without copyright. Yep. Um, this is, yeah, so uh, why are we talking about music when we should be talking about scores, which yeah. is music? Part right? two, yay! We are last doing it, uh, unless of course you just uh, came to the High Ground podcast. So uh, today we are looking at music in movies, part two, scores. So the rules on this one are no, no already existing music, so soundtrack style stuff. So we want composed scores by composers on this one. Yeah, I think we are going to be going into John Williams. Yeah, so I'm going to try and... Try you know, and... I didn't realise this until the other day, there are more composers out there than just John Williams. There are indeed, yeah. That's crazy. And that's what I've tried to sort of stay away from John Williams. Not in the sense of, like, I don't like him, the man's a god, but it's just... Like to talk about other people would make it fair, you know, because there are some great composers out there you may not have considered before. I just want to say, whilst we're doing this, I'm actually scrolling down um, the scores I have on my. And it's uh, a long ass scroll. Yeah, <laughs> and most of them is is when you get past the John Williams stuff. There's really not that much on here. Actually, there is. There's, there's a few, but some of it aren't mine. But. It's, it's kind of, uh, yeah. So what's your favourite score then? Um, well, this is quite a hard one actually. I tried, like non-John Williams, what are we talking about? Either. I think probably my favourite score would have to be... I originally held it as Star Wars, A New Hope, but I mean, that's one of my scores from growing up that I used to listen to, you know, on my old iPod Mark One at night, um, where you can actually envisage the whole film happening while you're listening to it. But I think I've actually come now to uh, Superman. I think that's, for me, that's probably like the definitive soundtrack. And I think you agree, don't you? To me, yeah, I've been listening to it a lot recently. Uh, it's, it's, I only bought it last year after watching yeah, it for the first time in a while. Pardon? I only bought it recently as well. Actually, it's it's incredible. It's yeah, got it's, it's got uh, the amount of songs that are actually on here. To me, it's su it superheroes. It's you when you when you when you hear it. The version I've got has got thirty five yeah, it's, songs. It's the one I've got as well. Is it? Tracks. Deluxe one. Yeah, it it's just it's it's superb. It is very good yeah. Uh, when I was in Wales a few years ago, I picked up Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, see, I haven't got the, any of the Indiana Jones ones, but Raiders is perfect it, as well. It's superb, is, and the uh, track 22 on the one I've got, uh, Washington ending in Raiders, it, it's to me, that is... It's, I think John Williams is one of those composers where it's impossible to dissociate his work from the films that he's done. You know, like, I... I saw. I mean, if anyone's ever watched on YouTube, there's a guy called the Nostalgia Critic, and there uh, he talks about old films. But he does editorials where he talks about you know just general things in cinema, and he's saying um there there aren't two themes like Superman and Indiana Jones where you could start humming one and then someone says all right now hum the other and you just hum the same theme again because yeah. they sound so similar and it's impossible dissociate John Williams from the scores that he produces. You know, like like it is with a lot of composers, but for some reason he's always the one, whenever someone says, um, you know, what's your favourite film theme, I can, probably 70% of his answers is going to be one of his 
you know, because he's done so many. And he's, and he's affected cinema in such a way. If you look at even Harry Potter, which Harry Potter, yeah. Jurassic Park, Jaws. These are some of the underrated ones. I mean, yeah. everyone always picks indie or they pick Star Wars or they pick Superman, as we've just proven. Yeah. But yeah, you like Jurassic Park's a really underrated soundtrack. Yeah. It's fantastic. And Saving Private Ryan, the as list, you know, they're the, they're the sort of they're the more depressing soundtracks. But he he's able to evoke any mood. Their character I mean, in the film, I mean, yeah, 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 to me that yeah. you know, uh, but I was outside of John Williams. Yeah, to me, the one that always from when I was a kid was Back to the Future on the Silver Street. Yeah, see, I always thought that was John Williams for oh. so long, just because of that. That sort of association. Back to the Future Overture. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's iconic, isn't it? I absolutely, you know, I love Back to the Future, so it's... That's um, not Michael Kamen, who is it? It's Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri, yeah. And he did, uh, yeah, the, was it... Uh, Avengers as well, no? Avengers, yeah, and Captain America. The Back to the Future Overture, absolutely. And yeah, when they use, uh, he scored... Uh, Ready Player One yes, as well. Yes, and they use the, the sort of opening yeah. like jingles, don't they, when he uses the, uh, what is it, the Zemeckis? The Zemeckis Cube. The Zemeckis Cube, yeah, that's it. You know, uh, I, I, I love that. I, mean, I have, I've got it, because on the back of uh, Infinity War and Endgame, I bought the soundtracks because I just yeah. think that he is superb. He like, is fantastic. Yeah. I tell you what, the other, day when I, uh, the other week I went to uh, the WB Studio Tours. Yeah. And... Uh, we uh, when we go we we you know we were listening to we put on the Harry Potter soundtracks we just randomly picked. I admit that out of them all, I I actually preferred the Deathly Hollows Part One. I yeah, uh, Harry Potter's on the weaker end of um, John Williams's stuff, I think, because I absolutely forgot he even did that till it was on it was on telly the other day actually, and when it said uh, when it said about the credits uh, I forgot it was John Williams actually I, I mean I knew it I probably knew it was unconsciously but I think that's sort of like this the tail end of stuff where you associate him with with the music he's doing whereas something like George you know immediately you know that's John Williams yeah you know and but yeah I think I think what I've done is composed a little list of other composers who've yeah. done equally fantastic work, but who you might not initially think of. So I don't know if you have as well. Have you? I uh, I I recorded some notes myself, yeah, so yeah. That they would lodge into my brain today. You could probably infiltrate the roller decks of our brains. Yeah, find ways. Anyway. Yeah, I think if if we ever get if we ever get get enough uh, listeners to actually uh, start up a Patreon account or something. These are the sort of things you'll you'll end up finding as perks, as the little videos that notes, we do, yeah. the notes we do, so you can actually see, which might be of some use if you're interested in doing films or anything that you said. Or your films. own podcast, yeah. 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 So, uh, so that's a possible thing to come in the future. So, uh, so yeah, I'm ready for your list, Cal. Yeah, well, I, was, I think one of the main ones that I think is another guy that's defined cinema, but and he's equally as famous, but. You probably wouldn't think of him immediately because he's not American. Is any Morricone? You know, his scores for Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, recently The Hateful Eight, um, and Django as well, isn't it? Django. I'm well, sure he's done two Tarantinos now, hasn't he? Yeah, I think with Django, it might have just he might have used. Oh, look, that's Django. This is the problem when you're when you're running it for a player. Easiest race. I'm sure it is him. Yeah. Cause he, um, and then 
you know, like something like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, that's infiltrated cinema almost as oh, much yeah. as John Williams. You know, I mean, you know, everyone knows that Wild West, you know, theme and great film. And The Ecstasy of Gold, like, that's one of the greatest tracks. You know, Metallica use it to open their concerts yes. every time. You know, it's it's just he's he's one of those cerebral like integral integral like composers that you you can't not think of it's, i mean his score for the thing as well is absolutely scary yeah. you know it's terrifying it's just those two bass notes constantly and you know mixed with i mean john carpenter though he's yeah. another composer he composes all his films you know that's quite a rare thing to have the the filmmaker compose their own type of stuff you know his some of his his scores. I mean, they put the synth in synthesizer. <laughs> well, it was a period. It was, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. But <laughs> and what Rodriguez? Rob Rodriguez, yeah, yeah, definitely. Inspired yeah. by him, if I'm right. I also thought James Horner as well. James Horner. Titanic quite, guy. Yeah, but not Titanic. I was thinking more Aliens. You know, Aliens has a great score. I think it's almost even better than Jerry Goldsmith's theme for the first film. Um, it's just one of those scores that you remember. You might not remember it being as iconic as the rest of them, but it's a score that sounds really uh, suited to the film it's in. It's very militaristic. There's loads of drums, you know, and it's he was quite. He's yeah, and he did Star Trek: Wrath of Khan as well, you know. He, I, I didn't immediately think of him, so I wanted to go on people like that. So you got any obscure, not obscure, but maybe not ones you wouldn't think of initially. Psycho, is it? Oh, Bayern yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. thought that, you know, the simplicity of the oh, shower yeah. scene, the strings, yeah, scary. Uh, and so his last score for Taxi Driver as well is also yeah. quite unique. And uh, you know, a lot of yeah, we got Alfred Hitchcock work. The music built built the suspense. I mean, I can't yeah. name the composers, but oh, well, I'm I'm sure he did it more than one with Hitchcock. I know he definitely did Psycho. Yeah. Um, I just thought the simplicity of that was... He also did the Twisted Nerve theme that's in Kill Bill as well. You know, the whistling one yeah. that Ellie Driver sings. <laughs> um, that's what I like about Tarantino. He, but, yeah, only, yeah. he only recycles that's songs, Tarantino, he likes... Yeah. He recycles scores as well. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. And takes, yeah, that is good, yeah. Was it the one the, where they went on the trailer music, which was lifted from another film? Oh yeah, um, I can't remember, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's but I mean, that's the sort of you know the composers that Tarantino chooses are are in themselves iconic as well. I mean, he's chosen Morricone. I think it sampled it at least before he even got him in person. Um, yeah, but I, th I think it's 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 everyone automatically goes to John Williams, and there are so many other people out there like. Even though he's a big composer, in the sense of like on the same level, I think someone like even like Danny Elfman, you might overlook because Tim Burton. He's rarely not with Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. But the thing with Danny, uh, Danny Elfman, if I'm right, started in a band called Oingo Boingo. He did, yeah. His um, brothers in a film called Oh God, what's it called The Forbidden Zone. Ah. It's like a weird hippie musical thing with. Have villages. I like the, uh, you know, in uh, Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, you know they did the shout outs to Superman, Superman and, and Batman. Batman. Yeah, I mean, the Batman theme is one of the great ones, isn't it? Yeah. 
that's like Stranger Things. Good morning. I've seen that. Lego Movie 2, the Batman theme. This is, uh, this is Danny Elfman, my pulled up. So it's, yeah. And his Mars attacks. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it, he, he's like to uh, Tim Burton what to John Williams is to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just think it's kind of cool because when, when you think about it, you know, someone starts in a composer that started in an 80s pop band, you've got my mother's rough from Devo. Yeah. Which are the alternative, I suppose you could argue. The people, the guy, one of the guys who did Whip It, and I just think that's, that's brilliant because he also did the music for uh, Right Dark Shadows. Oh, we know what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Yeah. Shadow. Must stop getting those two confused. Yeah. <laughs> what we do in the shadows. And, and well, they've got vampires in them, so yeah. it's, it's understandable. And his score for, uh, for Thor Ragnarok was spot yeah, on. fantastic, yeah. Can we classify Queen's instrumentals, even that's got like dialogue in it? As If you must. I'm yeah. not a fan of Flash myself, but um, yeah, I suppose they were. It's what it's their only official soundtrack, isn't it? I mean, yeah. because Highlander had they want to live forever on that, but I don't think it's an official soundtrack. No, magic. Oh, they should. They should actually. I don't know, going off into soundtrack territory, not scores, but they should actually do that. Your Flash's theme in the space capsule. It, it, it's just I, I. This was once. This is one I wasn't going to buy until the end of my. This is going to be the last Queen album I was going to buy. Yeah, and I saw it, and I, I thought, oh, is it gonna? Is this gonna be as bad as I think it is? Get it out of the way, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I was like, enjoying this. That and Hot Space were the last two I bought when I was collecting Queen. Oh, terrible film. So terrible music. Terrible album. Hot Space. I bought that one first. It was on the wall when they were promoting it. It's pretty, pretty whack. Terrible um, film. So music. Terrible music. Yeah, I Rhapsody, great film. The last person I could think of was Lalo Schifrin. Whose score for THX 1138, I thought, was like the last hurrah for science fiction com composition. Because after that, ironically, because of George Lucas, whose film it was, um, I think it, it all goes back. It goes back to the you know John Williams brings the classic stuff back using yeah. classic compositions and. Um, but yeah, before that, I think science fiction was a really sort of, it was beeps and boops and synthesizers and. It was electronic sounding, but I think that's probably one of the best of those types of soundtracks for sci-fi. It sounds a little dated now, like those sort of soundtracks, but you know, it, it reminds you of things like Logan's Run and um, you know th those really seventies images of science fiction. But yeah, I, I, that that was my last one that I could think of that was quite obscure. Oh, I like. Sometimes I mean I know it does. If, if, if you go back to Batman, it does. It does. It has got that late like, eighties vibe. Yeah, to definitely. It. Yeah, yeah. But why shouldn't we actually have it? Sometimes it's, it's, it's. Yeah, sometimes it's it's not bad to date something. It's like it takes you back to a memory to where you were. Yeah, if it dates it in a bad way, it's like. But if you listen to the Star Wars, it's like over 40, 40 We're in two thousand nineteen now, so it's forty two years old yeah. since seventy seven. And it's timeless, of course. But yeah. when you listen to some of the synth heavy, heavy stuff, it's, it takes you back yeah, to that period and yeah, it reminds yeah. you of how great at times the eighties were. It's yeah, and like and the seventies. Yeah, I mean, especially seventies sci-fi. That, that's how we thought the world was going to be. You know, yeah, like overpopulated and soylent green as people, and so yeah. on. You know, like um, that sort of despondency. But then I think. I, I, I don't know if it's it's 
single-handedly responsible, but I think Star Wars brought back classical composition in films, you know, using old-style music to score what's happening. You know, John Williams says on one of the documentaries, um, like, the music lends you the mood of the scene, so if the scene is flat and boring, it's because there's generally the music isn't fitting or it's it's got no music. I think George Lucas even said the only good thing that was going right on Star Wars originally was the music was on schedule and it was it was one hundred percent perfect and it was the only jug jigsaw piece that fit at the time. I like this is why I was considered to you know, especially in Star Wars films, the music is the character it's a character. Yeah, yeah, oh god yeah. And one of the ones recently was um I was watching the trailer for the the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And their use of Princess Leia's theme. And I watched the trailer and, I'm, uh, and you know, you got the visuals of, you know, you got the new characters and you get reintroduced to the Vulcan, Lando, you see yeah. Chewie, Leia, R2-3PO, and you're thinking, and of course, you know, the Emperor at the end and everything. I'm watching the trailer before we, before we get to the, to the ending. And I'm like, I'm getting really emotional. Yeah, yeah. And it really upset. And uh, more than usual. Then, yeah, yeah. Then, like, because it, it just, you're watching something, you're taking everything in, especially yeah. if you really enjoy the genre, enjoy what you're watching. But uh, after I watched it a second time, I was like, this is, this is really weird. And, the, you know, the yeah. third time, I was like, it hit me on like the second, the third view as to why it was. It was the music. Yeah, Princess Leia's thing, Carrie Fisher. You know, even though you see Leia, that theme is going to always be associated with Carrie. Yeah, yeah. And the people that cut the trailer deliberately put that music in oh, there yeah, yeah. so that it would touch, evoke the yeah, yeah the feels, as they say. Yeah, right? and would you know you make it memorable? And yeah. Wow. I think wow. That's how great scores should work. They shouldn't be. You know, they should. You know, you know, you have like the so and so theme, like the Back to the Future adventure yeah. or whatever. Um, I think the themes work best when they relate to characters. They work as leitmotifs. So, like Leia's theme, Indy's theme. You know, the Raiders March. Yeah. Superman's overture. Um, you know, the Imperial March. You can't not associate that with Darth Vader. Yeah. Or, you know, the I, I call it the Force theme, but it's like the the main the main like when Luke's looking at the the two sons that that yeah. theme and. Like it's always related to when Jedi are on screen or like the Force yeah. is being talked about or whatever. You know that when you when you so and John Williams is the, is is consistently great at just having themes like the Jaws theme. Like I can't watch a shark program even with David Attenborough's like godlike narration and not hear that that two note theme creeping up. You know it's. It... I was in uh, earlier this year. I was in Cardiff. Uh, yeah. If you do it, you know, and uh, we were in the shopping centre and it had this big display about Save the Planet and it had a big giant model of a shark. Yeah. It, I think even though it was like an art installation type thing, it was just hanging there and it was about, you know, I can't remember, it was something to do with Save the Oceans. Yeah. yeah. And when we were when we were there, they, around the area, that whole area where it is, this is in the shopping centre, they had, they had, the your soundtrack playing. Oh, right. So, I'm <laughs> Even thinking, know. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like going, I have to get this soundtrack. And I always get lucky when I'm in Cardiff. You go in the HMV, they always seem to have what I want. I look, every time I've been, I've walked out with a soundtrack. Yeah. Or two. So, I mean, so 
I said to my fiance, I said, we've got to go HMV out. I need to see if I can get this soundtrack now. So I'm in there because there's certain soundtracks I always look for. So I went up walking out for the, with the score to uh, Heat Polite and the Jaws one. I was like, I was like, literally, yes, I've got it. So, and I it's great. It as well right now in your house. Oh, my Jaws. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, uh, yeah, I can see it. I haven't put it in. I haven't uh, put it into the collection. Yeah, yet, it's um, yeah, it's it's actually that's one of his famous ones that's underrated in a way because you, all you know is the Jaws theme, yeah. you know. But there are some other really good tracks on it, you know, like the the chase at the end when it's all upbeat music, and then they just suddenly switch to, you know, Quint's death and absolutely destroy any chance you had of feeling good about the ending. And the ending has got more, you know, when they're going back to land, swimming back to yeah, land. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's calm and serene. And... Yeah, it, it's almost horror-like. Yeah. So, like, oh, we've just defeated the monster and we've saved the day. And yeah, it's we're like going they're, they're going. Yeah, yeah. It's, I just thought, you know, it's, it's... I mean, it almost make it makes a mockery in all the sequels when they use the theme because you think, I'm not scared at all. Like, I, it's not... I think that's probably why I, don't, I can't remember if if past Jaws 2 they use it or not I don't think they do do they, they do they use, do they, they use it in all the, of them they use it in all the whole they do they do three and four for a long time they do it's the, always, <laughs> it's the shark theme I think it's called yeah I mean well, the, the shark even roars doesn't it in Jaws the Revenge but I'd like to say I'd like to say Jaws is not the sequels are not that bad but they it's just a franchise that doesn't need to exist, is it? I mean, it's just one film. You can't ever beat the original Jaws. Because like, there is only one. I like Highlander, you mean? There is only one, but then they would also. Yes, yeah. But no, I like I like uh, Jaws 3, I'm going to say it. Yeah, Jaws really 3 is really okay. Jaws one of those popcorn movies, isn't it? But for sheer soundtrack genius and pacing, I think the first one's unbeatable. Yeah, but they had to. They had to do it. Let's see if he is. Music department. I don't. I mean, I think even. Like it's not like he hasn't done weaker scores. I think his episode seven scores was probably the weakest Star Wars one. It is. It really, but really is. It's still not as you know. Someone else's weakest one would have been terrible. <laughs> I. And a lot of people, you know, you know, you don't have to like them. No, but the prequels. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that, if 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 you do have to argue that you don't like the prequels, you can't argue the music still wasn't perfect. Music's fantastic. Jewel of the Fates is another great. You know, everyone. I think everyone sort of skips over the fact that it's from the prequels, but that's probably one of the best Star Wars themes going. Yeah, they're uh, pumping you up and. Battle of the friend. Battle of the friends. Heroes, is it? Uh, yeah, Battle of the Heroes. Yeah. Uh, um, I know which one you mean. Though, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, if you listen to uh, if you listen to those. Yes. Yeah. You you Battle of the Heroes. Yeah. The whole in Revenge of the Sith, you are emotionally invested yeah, yeah, so much into it, and it's the music, and you don't want them to fight. It's well, like all the I think all the. The dual, the lightsaber dual scenes have great scores. Yeah. Especially like Empire. No one, Luke, when Luke is actually just getting battered by Vader, yeah. and and that final scene in Jedi as well, the, the scoring is fantastic on that. That's perfect to me. Just, just you know, when everything comes to the end. 
that's to me, I was, I was going to mention this, that's to me, if you're for use of music, that's right, yeah, perfect scene, all, you know, uh, yeah, if you want to turn to the dark side, you've got the tension just building up with the music, yeah, then perhaps you will never, was it never or no, and I, you can never make out what Mark Hamill's saying. No, I know, I, I, I think he's saying <laughs> no, but yeah. I, then all it is is sound, all it is is if, uh, the effects with yeah. the choir and the orchestration. And oh, it's, it's, yeah. To me, it's just pure emotion. Yeah, it? and it's just, he's got the whirring and everything and the music, you know, yeah, build yeah. up to that. And it's because you're being goaded along with Luke by Vader because yeah. he, not only is he touching on, touching on Luke's nerves, he's touching on your nerve. As an audience member who's emotionally invested with the characters, mentioning Leia, having Darth Vader mentioning Leia as a weapon against Luke, yeah. turning her. No, you just want, and it's the music in that scene that, yeah. like, when Luke's smashing away at Vader's hand, you're there with him, going, "Take him out!" Yeah, yeah, because he threatened someone that we all love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, you take the music away from that. And it's it's not, yeah. yeah. I, there, there's so many films where you take the the music away, and it's like that. I think there's a few like things on YouTube you can watch where there's edited scenes from films and the music's taken out. And yeah. I, they've done the throne room scene from A New Hope, and it's just so flat and weird. And you know, in real life, that would be so strange not to. I that. was in. I was in. Uh, I saw it in the special editions. In ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, I did as well. Yeah. And because I, uh, I went down, to, I had no money to do it. But I was at uni. I went down to London and saw it on uh, Leicester Square. Yeah. And I remember, you know, you, you get to the throne room bit, and the, then the music kicks in and everything. And after the whole epicness, if that's a word, <laughs> of the yeah. movie. <laughs> and when you get that whole release, when they get they get it's like a wedding ceremony. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like walking down to, to Princess Leia to get the medals, and it's you just he's such it's a he's just, so emotional yeah, it's and taking you out. Of the, it's it's like the reward scene, isn't it? Yeah, like from fairy tales. And it's like you're at a wedding and you're crying because of they've saved the day yeah, and yeah. everything, and then no matter how bad and how dark it gets, with the Empire Strikes Back or Episode Eight or uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, uh, I know a lot. I don't like Attack of the Clones, but you know, you still uh, as soon as as soon as you know you fade to black and death and the and the music yeah, and, and the upbeat titles. thing kicks in, you yeah. leave the cinema happy because the the and that's how you should. Yeah, I, I mean, like Empire, like say at the end of that, it's dark, but you know when they use Han and Leia's theme, yeah. and you think, yeah, things are going to be okay. You know, yeah. like everyone's going to be fine in the end. And it's just, it always works. I think every Star Wars film seems to end with a gathering of some sort, yeah. doesn't it? You know? And uh, yeah, it just, it really works. I, I, there was one other score I did want to bring up, and it's kind of cheating because it is pre-composed stuff, but it's classical composition, yeah. is the way Stanley Kubrick used classical music in 2001. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, it is. The famous 2001 theme. Yeah. It's not the 2001 theme. It's it's from Wagner. I mean, yeah. it's Wagner. I can't remember. Um. No, Strauss, sorry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's impossible to separate that from 2001 A Space Odyssey because it's it's synonymous with beginning and the ending. You know, whenever something grand happens and that yeah. thing comes on, even when you hear it on an advert, you think, 
That's a pretty good theme. I like that. I think of that, and I also think of Ric Flair from WCW and WWE. All right, okay. Like... <laughs> so that 2001. That's two things you never actually imagined. Ric Flair wrestler in 2001. Yeah, it's not classical like music. Kubrick in the same sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If 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 we're the first people to actually do this, woo! <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, even Stanley Kubrick, the way he uses composers. I mean, I can't remember who did the the Shining. Is a really scary theme as well. You know, it's deep bass baritone stuff. And they even use the opening stinger for Ready Player One when they go into the, yeah. the Overlook. I thought that was fantastic. But it is, and this is the only thing that annoys me about Ready Player One is that it doesn't matter where you go, you can still not get that soundtrack at a decent price. They seem to have hyped know, the price up everything. Not every song's on it either. It doesn't have Joan Jett or... Oh, the score. The, the, the oh, the score, score. right. Okay, yeah, sorry, it doesn't no. have everything on it. It doesn't, but the soundtrack doesn't. But the score, you're still looking at over the off prices, even compared to... It's more expensive than the likes of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't get it. But then again, I suppose I might have to do... The, it kind of even says to do licensing so loud and super string. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't, but I really... There's one score I haven't got that I really do want. Let's see if we can find out. It's music by... Wendy, this is The Shining, we're on now. Check it's the right one. Oh, yeah. it's two people, isn't it? Yeah. It's Wendy, Wendy Carlos, Wendy Carlos and yeah, Rachel Elkin. Yeah, but I mean, like it's the, it's one of those evocative scores that, you know, that's another film that would be fall flat on its arse if it didn't have the, the music. I mean, isn't it a film you think is really scary as well, The Shining? Yeah, I've seen it a few times, but yeah. I don't do horror, so it's kind of like one of these ones that, you know, horror movies use it. Yeah. Going oh, to yeah. Halloween. Halloween, yeah, yeah. Opening yeah. bars. That was the first one. Do you even, yeah, like, can you hear that song and not think of... Or Friday the 13th, you know, yeah. the, the whispery one yeah. you know, by Harry Manfredini. That's that's another one where you just think immediately, Jason. Or yeah. he, not even right, because it's not even him in the first no. one. But, you know, that sort of association you have with the characters. Like, uh, you introduced me to the new Halloween, and when that music yes. kicks in, the Michael Myers theme, if that's what it's called, I don't know what it's called. Well, I call it that, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's just like, wow. Yeah. You do, you, and it adds to the tension and the suspense. Yeah. Why scores work brilliantly in horrors. Yeah, I mean, it's just, John Carpenter is, is, is a real, is a master of, like, scores, because even in, uh, even in Halloween, there's the two-note, like, piano thing as well you hear when Michael Myers is on and even that's like oh my god what's gonna happen here you know sort of and his scores for all his films are very minimalist it's the synthesizer and not much else and he's another horror director where, you, where the, his films would be absolutely boring without music I mean every film would be boring without music that's quite a misnomer but it's that you know I mean that sense of like the music is a character an integral character I think it's good when they're, I mean, a lot of them, there's not many that actually do it, but when the director is actually scored rather yeah. than picking the soundtracks out. Because I think the rhythms are more yeah. in line with what he's thinking, aren't they? Like you say, Rodriguez as well. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic at scoring his own films. I love Robert Rodriguez. Tarantino's. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, cover volume two. Yeah. Was. And did he not? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. But Rodriguez is just, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm always going to have a soft spot. Look, plug here. You get if you can get a hold of a copy, Rebel Without Crew. If you like filmmaking in the nineties, if ever uh, you know, yeah, right away it's, like it's dated now. Manual, it? Yeah, to me it was it was it was what it was. Brilliant read about the making of El Mariachi, and my favorite book actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's another one for Jaws called The Jaws Log by Carl Gottlieb, where he talks about writing the film as well, and it's like a screenwriter's version basically. 
But that's that's for another. Yeah, we book our favorite books on films out. I think yeah. that was on film production. That'd be another one. Um. Yeah. Um. Who else is there? Let's be other people. So what do you mean? If recent... Howard Shaw. Howard Shaw. He Lord was. The Rings. I, I mean, you always have to be. Always have to be. Like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. It has like There's only one return. In this soundtrack. Of the Jedi. I realised. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. No, but he. I mean, the, the Fellowship team was like another one of those you can't not associate it with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I got a fiance that likes that sort of thing. So oh. I am not. Or even TV, like you've got the Game of Thrones theme. Like I, me and my girlfriend hum that all the sodden time because it's just so, you know. As soon as you hear that HBO static sounds when it when it comes on before every episode, you just I, I always think you know opening bars of Game of Thrones. I don't. Howard Shaw, now on Howard Shaw. I'm sure he did, yeah, he's, he's done other things, hasn't he? Like The Aviator and um, Twilight. Hugo, Hugo's great. The Scorsese film. I've not seen that one. That's good, it's a little oh, puppet gun. He conducted the orchestra for Twilight. Twilight. No, not so good. I'm not going to hold it against him because so did Alexander Ah, Black. High Fidelity. Uh, high Fidelity is great, I love that. Oh, Copland, The Game. Crash, everyone's favourite. Cronenberg film they've never seen. Make lunch. Yeah, so I mean, like he's he's done striptease. He did striptease. Oh God. Existence dogma, which I still haven't seen. Dogma is a fantastic film. He's got Alan Rickman and doing one of what anyone who is not dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover that is right about. No. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. I mean, what about, like, action films? They generally have... Yeah, really that's why you've made my what I was going to look up. Michael yeah. Kamen. Michael Kamen. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you see an action film score, it's him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, with the, the Lethal Weapon trailer. Die Hard as well, is it? Was it? Oh, did you Die Hard? True, did. Like him, may you rest in peace? Yeah, I forgot he was... Not of the earth anymore. Excellent first class concentration camp. Just for those listening, that's not a film. Uh, as depressing as that sounds. Yeah. Band of Brothers. Yeah, Band of Brothers was the great theme I remember him doing. I'm sure he did. License to Kill. Did he not do Die Hard as well? I thought he did. Or is that someone else? Is that Marco Beltrami? And for, for, uh, Die Hard was 1988. It was indeed. Die Hard! He did. He did Die Hard. Yes, I thought he did, yeah. Lethal Weapon 2, License to Kill. Marco Botrami was later, wasn't he? he did, didn't he not do Predator as well? Michael Kamen. Michael Kamen, yeah, that was Alan Silverstein. Oh, that was Alan Silverstein. You can tell. <laughs> he uses a different... Sorry, Alan. Uh, Alan, you can... You, 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 for me, it's the instrumentation that he yeah, uses. Yeah. Uh, that, That's the association you make. Yeah. Like, so when I hear Alan Silverstein, I hear more of a... It's like a flourishy theme, isn't it? I hear more like trumpets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, I hear more of a... John Williams is like horns and yeah. baritone and bass. I... It's softer. To me, it yeah. sounds softer. Danny Elfman's very, like, deep themes, doesn't he? Like, fast, sort of heartbeat. Yeah. 
Raiders. I, I think really. electronic. Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, I mean, like something like Batman, and uh, one of his other themes uh, that I forgot to soundtracks that I forgot to mention was um, sorry, scores, not soundtrack. Yeah, uh, Sleepy Hollow. It, it was that great blend of like the classic Hammer style orchestration with mixing oh. it with Tim. You know, it's un- undoubtedly a Tim Burton film as well. We'll have to watch that soon. Yeah, Sleep- I, Sleepy Hollow is good. I like Sleepy Hollow. It's a good old tribute to like the old. The old movies. It's got the Emperor in it and Christopher and Lee. And Alfred from uh, the original Batman films. He, Tim Burton likes it. Tim Burton, I like this Tim Burton, you know, I like it when he has a cast. And he Dumbledore. likes to use it. And Dumbledore as well, Michael Gambon. And Jeffrey Jones, but. We don't talk about Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, Lethal Weapon. In the music, when you hear a trailer you, you for action movies. Yeah, they use the trailer music in Hot Fuzz, don't yeah, they? Yeah! My mind's about to I love Hot Buzz. Yeah. Die Hard Vengeance. Yeah, he he was. Uh, Michael Kamen is. He you know, I'm gonna have to get some of his work as well. You know, it's a shame that you know due to copyrights we can't actually play some of this. Yeah, music. I know, but I'm sure you all know. I I mean, someone else that's, I think, rose to prominence. More recently, like with the with the Nolan stuff, is Hans Zimmer, isn't it? I can't believe we forgot Hans Zimmer. I have yeah, actually I mean, all his that's but Hans Zimmer was like one of, in in the nineties. I think he was more of an action guy, wasn't he? he? Did things like The Rock and you know that those sort of big sort of massive studio action film themes that like get you pumped. And then he went into sort of Dunkirk. Yeah, I mean, and Gladiator as well is, is my favorite score of his. So, um, but. Yeah, he went into more of like the orchestral stuff, I think, later on. He's. I like it, you know, the Pirates movies. I, uh, yeah, so does that not Klaus Bedell? Klaus Bedell did the first one. Oh, he did the first one. But uh, if I'm right, uh, he was working on it as well with him. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, God, uh, Thunderbirds. That was awful. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chess. I'm, I'm pretty certain he was worked on. He was. Um, uh, the first one. Yeah, yeah. We had to, because uh, isn't Klaus Bedell one of his protégés? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, his score for the the Nolan Batman films is great as well. Yeah. But not as iconic as Elfman's, I don't think. I think when I think of Batman theme, I think of his specifically as well because he also helped compose the animated series one from the nineties. Yeah. So that's the Batman I always remember, you know, but Michael Keaton Batman and uh, square jaw animated Batman as well. <laughs> you actually did music for Jason, Jason X. X. Musician, wow. guitar, Mission Impossible, conductor. That must have been a weekend job. Yeah, come on, money's money. At the end of the day, why wouldn't he want to? You know, he might, he might, actually, he might actually like this sort of film. Music editor, this is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Music editor, music programmer, score producer and soundtrack producer. Oh, so he did work on it, yes, yeah. Actually, oh, and uh, the Last Samurai—that's great movie. So isn't that the? Isn't that John? Uh, no, yeah, so Tom you, Cruise, yes. Yeah, so Tom Cruise. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I will go see Top Gun too, but I executive producer on Iron Man, Stranger Tides. I know he didn't. Ah, do... so we can actually talk about Top Gun now because remember last time we said we couldn't because it was composed all for the film, the songs, weren't they? Yeah. So they weren't pre-existing. 
you know, so we could mention Top Gun because I think the Harold Faltermeyer theme is, is is quite iconic as well, isn't it? You know, you always associate that with yeah aircraft carriers and planes now. And guitars. And guitars. And yeah. guitars. But I mean, they've got some good people on the soundtrack, like Miami Sound Machine and Glenn Fry and... So 80s. It is very 80s. Oh, that's why it's good, though. Yeah. I, I'm, looking forward to, I, I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. Oh, I like Tom Cruise. I like him... I like for him for the, 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 the work he puts into his craft. I think, like, regardless of his personal politics, I think he's a great sort of... Um, you know what you're getting with a Tom Cruise film, and you know he's doing a lot of his own stunts. And But... What's that film like? Live, Die, Repeat? Yeah. That, well, I don't remember the name of the film, but the poster, the, the convenient film case and all the posters just Live, Die, Repeat on it. Yeah. I watched it. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. I watched it because it had Bill Paxton in it. Uh, oh, was yeah. Was it Brandon Gleeson? No. Yeah, Brandon Gleeson. Gleeson. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the selling point for me. And I ended up watching it. It's like, enjoyable film. The ending, then the ending made no, made no sense. So I was like, ah, loses a point. But, I got thing, you know, besides his, Belief structure. He's he's not made a film other than Rock of Ages in recent history. There's made me suddenly go, wow! I really want to see a Tom Cruise film because I got my fingers burnt on Valkyrie. I, I, oh yeah, no, yeah, Valkyrie was a misstep. But I, I, all the latest, the latest Mission Impossible films. I, I thought when Mission Impossible Four came out, I thought. Oh, you know, this is a series that's getting on my nerves. And then, you know, it's really like a sort of soft reboot. Like, they've gone back to just standalone stuff. And that's what worked with Mission Impossible. I think, like, the first the first one was always my favourite because I like it's a proper spy film. Yeah. And I think they get a bit too sort of Fast and Furious in, in 2 and 3. But then, later on, I think that if you watched 4, 5, and I think Fallout now is the sixth one, yeah. you know, they're... They're good. They're just they're good fun. I would eventually get around to watching about that at this point. No, <laughs> I, I just I've come back to one that I think the soundtracks I actually really liked. It's gonna be another one of these ones. It looks like I'm gonna have to go to onto iTunes or something to get them because yeah, no, these are ones I wish I'd bought. Some at of the them time. are not on there though. A lot of them, oh. but most of them are. Yeah. Apollo thirteen, James Warner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bit yeah. where I'm, I'm thinking of the bit you know just is about the the about to take off. Yeah, and you've got that very uh, it's like a very I think it's, it's like, like a choir type yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like really it's, sort of, it's a bit isn't it? Yeah, and uh, not a choir. It was Annie Lennox, wasn't it? It was her. Book. Oh, it was Annie Lennox. I think yeah. it's Annie Lennox. But James Horner was the composer for it, and yeah. it does, and the music in that is perfect. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen Apollo thirteen for a long time. I do remember that having good music though. I love that film. I to me that is every year when it, where we saw uh, First Man. That was the film that to me was the comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a spiritual predecessor, isn't it? Yeah, and I I know we've mentioned him already multiple times, but you know with John Williams, you know what yeah. I really I like about him is he can do the gung ho. Yeah, like Matinee cool movies, stuff, yeah. but he, he can do something like Schindler's List. Yeah, that's yeah. really like, I mean, it's not the score you would immediately even pick, maybe even in top 10, if you weren't, a, you know, a film aficionado. Yeah. Or even Seven Private Ryan, it's quite subdued for yeah. a subject matter. You know, you could have went, most war films have like booming soundtracks and like, 
sort of military sounding, don't they? Yeah. But this is really like it's more like what you'd hear at a military funeral. The sort of um, slow and subdued thing. Yeah, there's not much John Williams can't do, is there? Really? No, he's 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 sort of unfairly dominated this discussion, yeah. but it's hard not to. It's what you grow up with, yeah. though, really. And that's the problem is, is our generations. You know, okay, more so is it, it, it's he underlies everything because you see Harry Potter. You know, I was not a Harry Potter generation; I was a Star Wars generation. Yeah, and uh, but it's it does underlie everything, everything. Yeah. and because I have Superman, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back, uh, to, the Back to the Future. So it's. But I tell you what was a good soundtrack. Just reminded me of it. Blade Runner twenty. Oh, both of them. The original, yeah, yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is Hans Zimmer and Benjamin Wolfish, and that worked brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. I'm so evocative of the Vangelis one or Vangelis. I don't. I I don't think anyone in the world knows how to pronounce that guy's name. I'd say Vangelis. Yeah, Chariots of Fire. Yeah, Chariots of Fire. Yeah, I mean, how many times has that been used in adverts in this country? I just think of Chariots of Fire. Yeah, I'm running on the beach scene. Um, Yeah, yeah, Blade Runner's got a great soundtrack. It's it's like a weird sort of horn. I was going to say horny there, but that's from not what I was looking for. But you're telling me the joy and love art. Oh, they are. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's the horns and the the sort of deep bassy sounds, you know, that make you think feel like you're in that world. They're more sounds than they are music. But when the cars get flooded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I mean and, Yeah. And fantastic. The, and the Vangelis call back Tears in Rain. Yeah, at the end, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's literally raining. Yeah. And the ending yeah. of Blade Runner uh, the, uh, the the director's cut. Uh where the, the doors slam. The ninety two one is it? Either one when the doors slam. Oh yeah. And boom kicks the into the electronic one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just yeah. it just kicks into the music. Yeah, it, uh, it's just brilliant. That is, and of that's very dated now. But yeah, no, I think that's works. Great, I, I, yeah, I, I think the synthesis, no pun intended, of yeah. that like going from the the, com- the composy stuff to the the synth stuff at the end, yeah. and it really works. It's like the end credits thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it makes you. It does amp you up. I mean, some, yeah, when, when you come out the cinema, I was, and that's what's good is when when. No matter how downbeat the film is, you really want to leave the cinema feeling, feeling like, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, unless of course it's a film where you you can't feel good. Yeah, like Shin of the Wrist. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, even that ends on like a upbeat musical thing, doesn't it? With yeah. them singing, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, Gold of Jerusalem or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you want to leave feeling like you've been buoyed up at the end. Don't you? The ending of uh, is so respectful. Yeah, and they, the, the, you know, they couldn't have ended any other way. No, no, I mean, fantastic. I think it had a really upbeat sort of. It yeah, would have ruined the whole thing, wouldn't it? Really? Yeah, but this is. I actually um one recently I watched Blade Runner and then watched Twenty Forty Nine straight afterwards, and like the, the going from the original to the the sequel. It's amazing how flawless the transition seems musically between the two. You'd think it was the same. Yeah. They'd literally just made that the next year. It's so evocative, the original. I haven't seen anything like that in the sequel. And if you sing for a three hour, two, two hour and a half hour of this film, you really. Especially one that's. You've got such high expectations yeah. for. 
you really want it all to be perfect, and the music did work Wait, perfectly. Was it? Well, it's literally the time from the film, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. 30 years. 30, was it? No, 82 to... Was it 82? Wasn't it? Yeah, 82, the original. 82 and... 2017. Yeah, so 35 years. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry, the dates in the films are... 30, 30 years. years on, aren't they? Yeah. And as we record it, we are in October Coming up for the inset so. day, aren't we? Yeah. 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 He wants... Was it he wants life? But it's, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, I got I, I, I like it because, you know, when you get a score that, you know, you do feel when you, when I, when I, when I bought, I don't know, we're going back to it again, when I, when I bought the Superman soundtrack and listened to it the first time, and it's good sort of music for you for jogging and doing exercise too. But you just if you're wearing a shirt, you just want to rip your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's watch the buttons fly everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And and if you're playing with a toy lightsaber, come on, most people yes. have these things. You, you've got that music going through your head. Yeah. And don't say you have because no, yeah, if you're <laughs> listening to this, if you don't have a room full of toys or at least one toy lying around somewhere. Yeah, absolute liar. But I mean, if we go to the, uh, I suppose if you're a Star Wars fan, go to the dark side. Yeah. And you know, you talk about the Jerry Goldsmith theme for Next Generation. That's definitive yeah. of Star Trek. Yeah. You know, I can't look at Patrick Stewart about hearing that theme. That's that's another great theme. And motion picture as well. And motion, yeah, it's from the Music, motion picture yeah. originally, isn't it? Actually, yeah, yeah. And I just want to. That's that's another one I'm going to start to my list. I actually oh, yeah. and my Blu-ray list as well. That's one you rediscover. It's like a prequel Star Trek film. You know, everyone hated it at the time, but it is the one you can go back now and be like, well, actually, this this is pretty good. Actually, there's some good issues they're dealing with it. This is where I'm going to get hated again. I think of all the Star Trek films, if I was to pick one to watch, because I know when we I know when we have we have guy nights. Uh, and it's all, um, and Star Trek suggested, I, and I'm usually one to go F off. <laughs> but to me, if I was to pick a Star Trek film to watch, it would be the motion picture. Yeah, I mean, like the cliche ones to watch are always the manly ones, aren't they? Like yeah. Rapid Khan and First Contact. All the new ones. All the new ones, yeah, yeah. I mean, ironically, my favourite of the new ones was Beyond. I like the Star Trek films that seem like longer episodes that work. And motion picture is definitely one of those. Like, it feels like a. I, it's basically a pilot episode for the second series they were going to do, but got cancelled. But when they do the, the, the sort of episode films that, that follow an unrelated aspect to the rest of the series, I think that really works. You know, they, they, they do drop the ball with things like Insurrection was terrible. Yeah. But, I yeah, I like the sort of the ones where they meander a little bit and they go and do what Star Trek originally was there to do, is explore and look at things that are different. Vija. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I liked it because it tied it into something really Actually, that's it? got a really good score, the motion picture. Yeah. Like Jerry Goldsmith's another another guy as well that we don't think of very much, but you know, he did he did all the main Star Trek themes apart from the original and And I, I, I did Alien as well, didn't he? Yeah, well I'm gonna pull it up. I'm now pulling him up. Total recall. Total recall, yeah, yeah. That's got a good th- uh Good soundtrack as well. Sorry, score. Yeah. Eighty. Rambo as well. Wow. I forgot about that. Yeah, Rambo. We were just watching it the other week. Nineteen seventy-nine, wasn't it? Was it seventy-eight? What? Alien. 
Alien was 79, yeah. yeah. Well, can't believe I... I... I'm sure he, I thought he did Alien. I'm Maybe sure on a different part of this page. We're using IMDB right now, so... Big composer, right? Can't believe I have said what year is when it's the 40th anniversary and I went to the cinema to watch it recently. <laughs> oh, Alien's oh. experience in the cinema you have to see. Oh, it's absolutely... It's how I imagine Jaws is. I've not seen Jaws in the cinema. Kissing allies. Rambo vs. Blood Part 2. Otherwise known as Rambo 2. Yeah. Oh, Rambo stuck by Frank Stallone. First contact. God, I've got that in my head He's now. He's basically a Star Trek guy. Yeah, that's not... Oh, no, that, that's just... I've got that song in my head now. First Blood. I'm going to look at First Blood. He was First Blood. Uh, 82? Eighty. No, I've got that song. Yeah, right that in. actually, that's a good. Um, they have good scores as well, don't they? The Rambo films. Yeah, it's even like, the new one when he did the chorus. Even Rambo three as well. I mean, like you can still the theme is still really good. It's just the movie's trying. When you hear that, when you hear that uh, music kicking in in Last Blood, it was, yeah, it really sort of the nostalgia kicks in. Yeah, it? and it does. It sets it sets the tone. Uh, yeah. Okay, here's where Jerry Goldsmith. I don't know why I didn't see it on this page. Yeah. First Blood, that's another sound. We're doing this, no, now I'm just thinking, I need more money, so we need to get these Patreon accounts so I can actually fund uh, our, our soundtrack collection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Monty Norman. Oh, James yet. Bond, yes. Yeah. John Barry, more specifically, you know, yeah. taking like the original theme and, and he's like the go-to composer yeah. for the rest of the series, isn't he, I think. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't even believe I forgot James Bond, man. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, James, John Barry's one of the, the old classics. Yeah. I mean, Goldfinger, and they're all themes that are um, era, era, inescapably related to Bond, aren't they? Yeah, especially when you're really, he, uh, he, he conducted, like, even with uh, John Barry. Um, uh, if, if you look at all the soundtracks, and, you know, these are the ones with the art, the, the the oh, I'm locking on I supposed to be uh, not Barry Humphreys. No, no I was Dave actually wherever it's not who we're looking for. No, is he spelled John like this then? John Barry. Um, no, I, I think it's a H. Music department. That's his rule. Is that the one? Yeah. Interesting that he comes down four five. There's loads of John Barrys. If you've got IMDb, you've got to scroll That's quite down. Name, isn't it? Yeah. No, John Barry. Uh, yeah, if you look at yeah, Living uh, View to a Kill. Yeah, yeah. Living Daylights. And oh, there's also the other James Bond theme, the 007 theme, which is the one that's in four or five of them. And it's like the, the sort of me melody that I can't, I don't know if I have it, if we'll get sued or anything. So, um, but it's the one where the one I would remember it from is when Sean Connery's in Little Nelly. In the yeah, I know the, I know the it's right. that yeah. one before the helicopters attack yeah. in the main bond. Theme. These are in a lot of the documentaries. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's called the 007 theme. Yeah. So um, and then obviously the James Bond theme is a separate one. Living daylights. I like that. I need that. Remember return. No, I like the. I just think the, yeah. Then again, David Arnold took over and gave him more of electronic Yeah, yeah. David Arnold. Probably worth a mention as well. Yeah, for me though, you think you're saying John Barry? <laughs> Can we just go on the record saying we are both big James Bond fans? Oh, massive! Yeah. James Bond is my mastermind subject. 
If I went on Mastermind, I reckon I could nail it. He could. He, he, he puts me to shame. I really do. I just, yeah. It's going around London, going to the familiar location, going to places, die another day. The thing is with James Bond scores, they, they, you know, a lot of them, you know. They're recycled, aren't they? Yeah. Like, they like the Star Wars theme, and, you know, if they use that in a newer film, it's usually not the original composer that's rearranged it. It'd be interesting, because we don't have time to do it now, but to pull which ones that weren't John Barry. Or the, oh, from Bond? Yeah, because I'm sure he died after one of... I think he's dead. Wilson, Let me... If he's not dead... 2011. Yeah, so he's, he's died before Casino Rock. Oh, no, 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 wait. Before Skyfall, sorry. Yeah. But I, I think he stopped having involvement with them after a certain certain time, if I know. But, you know, when you listen to... You do think... Cause it was, you know, you do think of... Oh, yeah. It's evocative, isn't it? Think of it. He got he co he he is responsible for the first number one single for a Bond film, with a view to a kill. Yeah, yeah. And that is a brilliant I'm song. I'm so amazed it took that long to get a number one Bond song. And if you think about it, a lot of people they just they average go out and buy the soundtrack or something. If they yeah, like yeah. It. Actually, he did. I'm sure if I if this is correct, John Barry. Did, did he not do Dances with Wolves as well? He did do Dances with Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good soundtrack as well, actually. Although it is a hard movie to get through, I think. I've only seen it a couple of times. It is good, but it's, it's way too long. You did You Only Live Twice, but I will not hold that against him. You Only Live Twice? I love You Only Live Twice. I like kind of I just see secrets. Oh, yeah, no, that period. Is, I mean, the John Barry theme in that ah, is... Is really iconic as well. I always, I, I think that that wouldn't work with the song. No, it, 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 I like the theme for that. It's really good. Did he actually write all the time in the world? No, I don't think so. I think Louis Armstrong wrote that, didn't he? Didn't Louis Armstrong write all his own stuff? I'm not sure, but it's still a good song. It is, yeah. It's, not many people remember it's a Bond song as well, actually. Like technically, let's go down. Music, John Barry. Film edited by John John Glenn. Oh, who became the director of quite a few of them later, didn't he? Yeah. I think he is the most, the director with the most, isn't he? He is about seven or The so. hosts with the most. Because he did uh, the Dalton ones, as well as a lot of Roger Moore. Yeah. So, yeah. He did a template for the seven, late 70s, 80s Bond. Then uh, Martin Campbell took over and uh, rebooted it twice. Yes. So oh, it was composed by John Barry, yeah. Is it? Wow. Yeah. Here we are, right? Woo. Peter Hunt, director as well. Come on, going. We all can see here one day. It's tertiary here with Bond, but yeah, that's what Bond can do to you. Yeah, we, we will end up be. We're running at 58 minutes right now on this uh, podcast, but we could be here all day for another hour yeah. just going, going completely off subject. Same so, as the last one, isn't it? Like, you could go forever with the. the like. If you Googled it, you'd be there with so many top ten lists. Yeah. I like on a Majesty's Secret Service, and it's 50 this year. It is, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, um, recent soundtracks, which been which has been the one that's... Scores? Yeah, scores. Probably the Avengers Endgame one for me is... Probably the one that, the, like, that I can sort of say... 
I can associate it, I'm, you know, with that film, I, undis indisputably, you know, like the end scene with the portals and everyone yeah. pops out. There's no way you can't think of the Avengers theme when that just kicks off. And I've just pulled it all up right now. What about you? Yeah, the recent ones, yeah. Uh, definitely the Avengers, but if I can go back a couple of years ago, going back into the territory again, I love the ending of episode 8. I love that, I love that score. Oh, yeah, the callback to um, Sith, isn't it? But as a body of work, I think Alan Silvestri's. And again, the Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah. I, ju I just, I think of the composers, you know, that aren't John Williams right now, to me, Alan Silvestri's having a bit of a, a resurgence again. Yeah, yeah. But I like the out there ness of uh, the Mark Mothersbrough's Ragnarok soundtrack. Yeah, I just that's it was, yeah. it was just, and he does, and he does the, uh, he does the one for uh, what we do in the shadows, which is absolutely fantastic. Mark Mothersbrough, if you have not seen it, watch it. It is, yeah. No, I it's love that so series. Nice. I, I, yeah, that's got that's. We will have to do a. I will have to do a. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and we'll do what we'll do is we'll watch it. We'll do one of those commentaries episodes yeah. of it. We'll pick an episode, the one where I'm thinking, the one where they're doing. I think we can just do the whole series. Yeah, it's quite short, isn't it? It is. I, I but these. If you haven't seen it, what we do in the shadows, you want to watch one of the things third or fourth episode. Yeah, where he said where the trim he's trimming the bush. Oh yeah, yeah. That to me, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's funny. One yeah. of the greatest. Setups. What we do in the shadows. Yeah, Mark Mothersborough, the Lego Movie Two. Do you know there was one um, composer I totally forgot about that um, probably no one would think of unless you were sort of like a not an eighties child, but a child of the eighties films. You know, like um, is Basil Poldoris's theme for Robocop. Classic. It's, I didn't know Robocop March is great, and he worked with Paul Verhoeven. Couple of times actually, because the Starship Troopers music's really good as well. You think of Robocop, and again, you can't hum it, but yeah, you do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those iconic ones, yeah. isn't it? But Robocop's not, I mean, it is a big film, but it's not a massive, you know, like huge, massive franchise that you would think of. I think of Grey, yeah, Metal, Metal, and Detroit when I hear it. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. He passed away oh, he did um, Hunt for Red October, that's right, and Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, see, they all. He's got a really sort of orchestral style to his music. Good. Red Dawn. Oh God, Red Dawn. Iron Eagle. Flesh and Blood. This is Wired. I think this is the, uh, yep. A very underrated John Belushi film. It's not in it, it's about John Belushi. Michael Chickles stars as John Belushi. Really got a great ending. Starship Troopers. They'll always use they'll you know that's when you think of Robocop you do think of the, the oh the music yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah I mean it's it's impossible to associate Robocop. It's a question not with his theme you know. Here's a question for you. Do you think you can like a soundtrack of a film of a would if you got a film that's really bad that has a great soundtrack? You think that's yeah. possible to Mortal Kombat? Street Fighter, they they have great. Either video game films tend to have really good soundtracks. Actually, funnily enough, even if they are interminable sometimes. 
I like Street Fighter. Resident Evil has a really good. The first one, Marilyn Manson did the score for the first one, and it's mm. it's really really good. Like it's he's a good score score as well. Um, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. I love affairs of the nineties. Graham Rebel. Oh, it's Graham Rebel. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, like he's done Tomb Raider as well, which is also a video game, but it has a good soundtrack. Gotcha. And I'm sure he did. Did you do the Crow as well? Crow would be ninety-four, was it? Uh, sure, he did the Crow. Crow City of Angels. Yeah, he did. Dawn. Yeah, it's at the bottom there. Just did from Dust to Dawn. Oh. Crow, I've only ever Power seen Rangers as well. Wow, <laughs> I remember that piece of shit. <laughs> Psycho Four, the beginning. I oh, that is terrible. I've only seen the Crow once. The Crow's great. I like the Crow, but like, he's a sort. He's a very nineties sort of composer, but you know, like we say, there's not it's not always a bad thing. No. I wanna point out the crow is an absolutely incredible movie and yeah, I will go back to watch the crow really, again. Really but I like We lost Brandon Lee way too. Yeah. That's the reason I've only watched the crow once. it's one of these one of these films that, you know, you it upset me too yeah. much when I watched it and it's yeah, just yeah. trying to find It's like the um the interrogation scene in the Dark Knight for me, it's hard to watch. It's not like it's not because he passed away, but more so that's so intense. Yeah, and it's that worrying music and this background sounds that wouldn't be yeah. the same without it. Everybody actually, ironically, that scene has no music, doesn't it? When they're in the the room itself, isn't it worrying? Isn't it just silence. Oh, is it? Is it actually like? Well, watch that it? Yeah, sure yeah. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I, but I I know that it's it's a hard scene to watch. Yeah, we'll watch it when we we'll finish the podcast. We'll watch it. That the thing that gets me about that scene is that was everybody got pulled upon Heath Ledger's performance. But yeah. Heath Ledger is only as good as Christian Bale. Yeah, the cogs and the whole everything. Yeah. And of course, the it's the, the set is the the scene itself. Yeah, everything is perfect about that scene, and he's just one piece of it. But wow, that that's another release. Yeah, and yeah. It's just when Batman goes overboard on it, and. But, you know, cinema is always an ensemble, and to pick one person out in that scene and say it's just him, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you've got Gary Oldman, like, he's a, he's great as Gordon as well, isn't yeah. he? I mean, it is, yeah, it, I, but it's that sort of intensity that, like, that has to be under underscored by the music, isn't yeah. it? I mean, a lot of it, intense scenes, they're rarely silent. But you know, it's something you're saying about earlier about Danny Elfman being more synonymous with Batman than Hans Zimmer's score. For me, yeah, at least. And the fact that we actually, it may not be memorable, but it, it, you know, in terms of it's not like standout, you know, like tracks like the like songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you could argue that it's a lot of John Williams stuff. Are like, well, they are songs in themselves. But, you know, as a piece of music with, with, with lyrics and stuff. The fact that Hans Zimmer stuff and you know for Batman is underpinning the background and he still moves along it, you know it's invisible in the sense that you know you might not yeah. remember it they're the iconic themes but they are still there and they are still eliciting emotions even if you can't yeah. remember they are working because they're part of the tapestry of the effects the dialogue the everything is part of the film they are a, a cog in it that May not be as memorable, but they're still there, adding it's to the emotion. Yeah, yeah. And if you were to take the emotion out of it, it wouldn't 
wouldn't work. No, so I mean, they, for, for those that are unaware, there's actually two soundtracks for Batman. There's the Prince soundtrack, yeah. and then there's the Danny Elfman score, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, less said about the Prince thing. I'm, I'm not a fan of the Prince thing. I was listening to the other day, I'm sorry. I was listening to the other day, I definitely cringy. But, I mean, you can you can listen to Danny Elfman stuff yeah. all the time, you know, like, any time. And mean, you know the Simpsons theme. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that was him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've exhausted <laughs> we've got on John Williams. Yeah, I don't... I mean, uh, actually, funny enough, there's a joke, isn't there, about those two in the... You know, the family guy of Star Wars thing, the Blue Harvest. Yeah. It? Where um, John Williams is like a skeleton with the orchestra with... Yeah. When the Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen scene happens, yeah. he's like, oh, it means we're going to have to get Danny Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I would, it would be interesting to see, it would be interesting to see one of scoring. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see like a, you know, like a, a Danny Elfman style with soundtrack or a Hans Zimmer Marvel. No, I suppose that's not very, some superior stuff, really. but you know, that sort of, yeah. That sort of thing. Well, now that John Williams is retired after nine, it'll be interesting yeah. to see who they actually pick. Or Alan Silvestri doing like a rom-com or something like that. <laughs> something not, Why not? not suited to his grandiosity. Why not? Yeah. Be interesting. Because, you know, these people have got, these uh, artists have got to have like something they want to do that's just out, yeah. there, out of their zone. Yeah. 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 Is. <laughs> so that's, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. Any final comments? No, just that, I mean, there's, there's so much ground to cover that, you know, we'd kind of have to keep this shorter than yeah. than I'd like. I mean, you could go on for this for hours. But yeah, I think it it's it's so it's impossible not to talk about John Williams, isn't it? Yeah. But th there's so many out there. I mean, even if you're not a soundtrack fan, like you don't buy soundtracks, I, it's definitely worth trying to get into them because <clears throat> they're a different type of music listening style for me like it's more of a sort of laying in bed relaxing or walking music to me than it is sort of if you if you're on like a, a journey somewhere i mean I, I i find it hard to listen to soundtracks when i'm on journeys and the opposite. i'm distracted from from everything where i'm sitting by myself just not doing anything i, I love soundtracks i uh soundtracks and scores this is uh, yeah, I, actually, school, sorry yeah. i uh I will, I will listen to scores. Will you know? Will to do, but it's cool that when you've got more people in the car, it's harder to do because yeah, you have yeah. to light the film. People will talk over it as well. And but when I think in cars as well, I get distracted looking out the window easier. So I go back and go, oh, so I didn't even know that was on. You know, I, I for me, it's it's uh, when you travel in places, we have a tradition where you listen to the Lost Boys soundtrack. Oh, Lost, oh, yeah, that's why you mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, because like, there's a soundtrack, it's a soundtrack score. Yeah, I keep making that. And if you're in a car where one of you is a dominant Star Wars fan, you, you really don't want to be listening. You really don't want to be have everybody else in the car going, not effing Star Wars. Yeah. Again. Or why would effing you listening to Harry Potter or, or, you know, you've got to really appreciate that kind of music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky because my fiance likes Harry Potter and yeah. she likes Jurassic yeah. Park. Lucky she for actually, you. So, so, uh, so, when I when I find that they got the Jurassic Park soundtrack here for six quid, she, click click buy. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think it's it's the same sort of level as liking classical music, isn't it? Like a lot of people sort of think, what what what's this guy doing? Like, but who listens to that anymore? But it it's that same artistry that 
I don't listen to classical music personally. You know, but I think it's 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 the closest thing to classical music we have nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Film soundtracks. Uh, scores. Sorry, I keep saying soundtracks. Film because, scores. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Yeah. Like, that's that probably is, my tuppence on the subject. Yeah. I think of everything that's been said. Uh, that's been uh, the High Ground Podcast talking about, discussing, having a little conversation about scores. I'm Stevie yeah. W. Callum. See you all soon. See you later, guys.